Blog Talk Radio. There is a watchman on the wall, bringing forth the written word of God to one and all. Are you getting ready? Will you stand or will you fall? Listen to the watchman on the wall. Listen to the watchman on the Rise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. A new day has dawned. All over the earth, men and women are arising. It's time for the sons of God to awake. It is a day of justice, recompense. Restoration, revival, and resurrection power. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is Vincent Xavier, pastor of New Wine Ministries. Great to be with you today. It is Wednesday, and it's 9 a.m. in the morning in our rebroadcast. It's actually Tuesday evening. We just got out of Bible study, and I'm waiting for Daniel Seckham to join me on the air, and we're getting some of our technical things taken care of here with video and all of that. So anybody that's out there in YouTube land or, or Facebook want to welcome you to the broadcast. It's a little bit later here than usual. I uh, see that John Hershey's with us on uh, YouTube tonight. God bless you, John. One, wondering where he's from, Oklahoma, Jay, Oklahoma. Well, John, you're really close to us. We're not that far away. We're neighbors. Very good. About 45 minutes from the church. How come I don't know that name? I probably know you, and I don't even know I know you. We just had an incredible Bible study, and uh, that's why maybe I'm off. Sarah Anchorman, all the way from San Diego, California's Sarah, thanks for joining us tonight. In just a moment, Daniel will be joining us. We're going to have a great conversation. Have not spoken with the Australian in a while, and we're looking forward to hearing what's been going on in his life. I know there's been a lot of activity, and uh, tonight is a very interesting night. We had, uh, I'll be honest with you, an amazing Bible study. Truly, the presence of God was there, and uh, we were in Matthew chapter 10, and we talked about the Lord Jesus and his commission to the apostles, sending them forward in the time that we're living in to do the work that he called us to do. I see Jamie Lynn is with us tonight. Howdy, Pastor V. Howdy, Jamie. God bless you. I hope you're doing well. Trust that you and Mark are both doing very well. Would love to hear the report on Mark 
if you get a chance to let us know. Uh, again, we're waiting for Daniel Seckham to join us on the air right now, and uh, he will. But I just was looking at the, uh, the attempt that is going on in the chamber in the uh, Capitol building to, to bring the 25th Amendment to impeach Donald Trump. And it uh, doesn't look like it's going to pass. Time will tell. And I believe that was live that I was looking at. Um, we'll hear more of that as the time goes by. And uh, while we're waiting, we're going to pray. We're going to ask the Holy Spirit to have his way. One of the things we prayed for tonight is that the spirit of wisdom, the spirit of revelation and knowledge in the eternal purpose of God would be revealed to our hearts and minds. With all the opinions going on in the world today, with all of the different noise that we're hearing on the left, on the right, before us, behind us, above us, beneath, beneath us, it's just noise everywhere inside of us. Uh, what we want is the truth, and we know that the Holy Spirit reveals things to come. And one of the things we talked about this evening again is the reason why some of God's kids are not hearing. And while we all need to be very sensitive is that we have been unharnessed. In other words, we have been without discipline. And that lack of discipline in our lives has restricted our ability to really hear the voice of the master. We were in Hebrews chapter 12 as well, where uh, without discipline, we are not his sons. There are what is called illegitimate. The King James is a little bit stronger. They use the word bastards if it were without discipline. And we talked about uh, the harness of the Lord and those disciplined sons and daughters. And the disciplined ones are the ones that are made ready to walk and cooperate with the Lord in these end times, just like Jesus was the firstborn son of God very well harnessed, very well disciplined, didn't speak a word without the Lord telling him to, didn't do anything without the Lord telling him to. Now, that's a harness. That is a disciplined life. That is a life that is under the control and the power of God, that you don't say anything that you're not told to say, you don't do anything you're not told to do. Well, how many of us can boast that we walk in that manner with the Lord, that we don't speak or we don't do, uh, we don't go anywhere unless God is telling us to do it? That is a very restricted life. And yet the fullness of the God, uh, God's power was manifested through a disciplined son. So in these last days, the necessity to be able to walk through this moment successfully is going to depend upon the discipline that the father has given to us. And the big deal with us is about yieldedness. Am I willing to yield to the harness of the Lord? Am I willing to yield to the harness of the Lord? Uh, so whatever is coming, we believe that 2,000 years ago, Jesus prepared his disciples for uh, three and a half years. He was on the earth. He was training them up for three and a half years. And we believe that right now, these days that are ahead of us, that there is a biblical three and one half year great tribulation that's coming on the earth. And the way that we're going to endure to the end in Matthew chapter 10, it talks about he who endures to the end shall be saved. The way that we are going to endure is through our discipline or our willingness to obey the instructions. And the chastisement of the Lord is that giving rebuke, giving confirmation, giving direction, giving, you know, uh, commandments. And we who are willing to be chastised will always yield to the instructions, which would limit quite frankly, the 
scourging that is so necessary to the disobedient sons and daughters. And if we don't diso- if we don't obey the Lord, then comes the scourging. And the, the, whoever the Father loves, He chastises and He scourges, and that means to be flogged. Literally, it's a it's a really good spanking. And so we are looking for that to take place in our lives. I'm going to stop right there. I see Brother Daniel is with me right now, coming all the way from Australia. I want to bring him into the broadcast and say good evening, Brother Daniel. How are you today, sir? Very good. I apologize that I wasn't on with you earlier. That's okay. That's okay. We're so glad you're with us. I haven't seen you in about a month. You look it's good. It's been a while, hasn't it? Yeah, you're looking Thank all you. right. I almost, I almost forgot how handsome you were. See? Even with these lights. <laughs> scary. I'm up in these glasses. <laughs> scary, scary. And I see you got your uh, your plugs in your ears, man. That's really – is that a new deal going on there? That was a Christmas present from my family. So. Oh, all right. Good. Let me turn you up here. All right. So let's get into this. Uh, we've got a good uh, 50 minutes to chat here tonight. And uh, you had mentioned something about you've been taken off a particular, what, Facebook? What, what, where have you been restricted? Mm. Yeah. So basically last, um, last week, I believe it was, I was commenting. I was just simply commenting on what was going on on the, during what, the uh, January the 6th, just making some comments, my, just providing my observations that were very innocuous. And um, it was later that afternoon, I realized that I couldn't comment on Facebook. Whenever I liked to post, my like would disappear. Mm. Um, and people sent me messages on Messenger and I go to respond and it said, you can't respond. Um, because of apparently I have broken... Uh, I have not abided by the community uh, Facebook community standards on more than one one occasion as a result of that I've been taken. Wow, I'm sorry. So that's it's, um, I don't know how long it's going to be for. I, I don't know how long it's going to be for. It could be for a week. Well, it's already been a week, but it could be longer than that. So right. it could be 30 days. I've, I'm not really sure what's going on, but it is disturbing. It is disturbing, and it's uh, the big tech again. So let's let's talk about this. The last time we talked, uh, we weren't in the position that we were in right now. Uh, what is your perspective of what's going on with the election right now? What are you hearing from the Lord, most importantly? And what are your thoughts about what's taking place? I think you know that we were in Washington, D.C. on January 6th. We posted a lot of video. Um, very interesting time. And uh, we're praying about going back right now to just walk the streets and pray, even though they're locking down a lot of the uh, Washington, D.C. Um, but as we're seeking the Lord, what are you getting? What is what is your perception? I mean, you've you've talked about this moment for a long time. Now, here we are. What are you seeing? Yeah. Well, in the natural, I fully believe that that Trump would have prevailed just by looking at all the data, at all the data looking at all the different variables going into it, I believe Trump had a, a groundswell of massive su- support. So I believe that, that he would, he would win. Um, and that wasn't, that wasn't a spiritual unction. That was just me looking at all the different, um, uh, um, how can I say statistics and variables mm-hmm. and things like that. Mm-hmm. So on the, from the outset, I believe that, that he would win. And I believe that God would, um, provide another four years in which the church could prepare for what's coming. But that said, 
I mean, I was watching the election live. I was watching the the, the vote counts, and I saw when those uh, swing states stopped counting. I saw when Wisconsin and Michigan, Pennsylvania and Georgia, they all stopped counting. And then lo and behold, when the count began again, there was this huge for Biden. I mean, I saw it here in Australia and I just, and I was watching it. I just thought there is no way that that is legitimate. (laughs) There's no way. Hmm. It is obvious that fraud is, is actually going on here. And, uh, and so um, I believe that, Donald Trump literally did win it. As as crazy as this as this may sound to many people, not not only do I believe that Donald Trump won, but I believe that he won in a landslide. And the reason why I believe that is because there were a number of ways in which the um, the left were swinging swing the election. It's not just one way; it was more than one way. In fact, it goes even before the election even began. Because the the governors and the secretary of states were making changes to election election laws, where the constitution explicitly states that election laws can only be changed by the state legislator. Only the state legislators have the change, uh, have the power to make changes in regard to election laws. So already from out from the outset, it was already illegitimate. But furthermore, they were they were using the pandemic as a pretext for mail-in voting. They were using the pandemic as a pretext. Um, and that's why I thought it was, wasn't it very, very interesting, um, Vincent, that when the impeachment efforts failed, along came this virus. And the left used the virus to smash Donald Trump left, right, and center. They mm. destroyed his his bustling economy, that he, the booming economy that Trump was presiding over, they destroyed it. And by the way, Bill Mayer, a few years back, actually said, if we have to destroy the economy in order to get rid of Trump, it will be painful, but it will be necessary. I remember that. Isn't that incredible? Yeah, I remember that. Yep. All right. Yep. So, so, so he- yeah, so I was, just, I was just saying that steps were put in place well before Election Day to steal it from Donald Trump. So um, when you came to the election day, I mean, it was even clear. I mean, it was obvious from what I was seeing. But more, more than that, the, these Dominion voter machines, uh, what needs to be known about these these machines is the fact that, um, well, number one, they're actually, it's, they're not an, an American-owned company. Okay, so they're based, based in Canada. But the software, the operating system goes, well, you need to look at the, the there's a paper trail here. The software that was incorporated on the Dominion machines is from Sequoia. Sequoia was acquired by Dominion. Um, gosh, I think it was in 2016, I believe. I could be wrong. But Sequoia was a subsidiary of Smartmatic. And Smartmatic was actually set up um, by Hugo Chavez, Chavez in Venezuela and with the entire purpose of that software to um, ensure that Hugh, uh, Chavez stayed in power indefinitely. Uh, and so basically, the Dominion voting machines were set up in a way that could very easily swing votes. Now, it can do it a number of different ways. It could do it by the adjudication. So if you were to set the scanner to a high 
um, gamma read, then what it would do, it would it would send it off to adjudication because it couldn't make out what this selection was. So it would go to adjudication. Then the adjudicator could actually determine whether that was a vote for Trump or a vote for Biden. For Biden. Now, the other thing that these Dominion machines can do is actually count votes by a percentage. So it could give Biden a point, um, an addition. Um, it'll count one vote for Biden as 1.75 and a vote for Trump as 0.75, right? So it, it, it was skewing, it was shaving off votes. Now, this algorithm was actually detected by mathematical and computer scientists. Um, in fact, I think the, the, the man who invented email, I think he's actually based up in uh, Massachusetts, he was the one who basically discovered this, this, uh, this um, algorithm, and he, he was a whistleblower on that. So he's actually written out an affidavit. Now remember, affidavits are under penalty of perjury, um, mm -hmm. in which he he can actually testify that there was this algorithm that was actually used. Um, but <clears throat> more than so, the thing was is that there were so many people voting for Trump that it broke the algorithm, right? The percentage that was going for Biden and taking away from Trump, Trump was still winning even after the with the. The implication with the implementation of that algorithm, and so that's why they had to stop counting in the middle of the night. They had to stop counting, and that's when you, you see these dumps of ballots coming in at 4 a.m., 3 a.m., and 4 a.m. in the morning. And that's when the, uh, Georgia had the ridiculous excuse to say the reason why we had to stop counting was because of a water break. You know. The, you probably heard of, heard of that, yeah, yeah. because of a, a water main break, which was ridiculous. It it, it, it was just a complete, complete made-up lie. And then, of course, uh, during that time in Georgia, was when you see saw in the CT um, when you saw Ruby and those other election workers pulling these suitcases up out of the uh, tables. Uh, these tablecloths, these tables were, were covered with tablecloths. They're pulling these ballots out in containers and running them through the Dominion machines. And then you can actually see the spike on the election, uh, the uh, counter, the graph. You can see the spike where the massive spike went up for Biden at the same time that the Republican observers were kicked out and the, uh, and the election officials stayed behind and did that dirty work. So it's, here's the thing, Vincent. Here's the thing. What... Donald Trump won this in a landslide. He won it, but the left could not tolerate that. They would not accept it. They would never, ever, ever accept another administration, another uh, administration of Trump. They would never accept it. So they had to pull out all stops, even if it meant that they were caught red-handed. The thing was, is that they didn't mind because they had the media on their side. They knew that the media will cover for them. They knew that the media and their uh, Mm. their allies would come up with all these fact checks, okay, right? You know, uh, what's the fact check that's in China that Facebook uses all the time? Um, oh, gosh, I can't remember it. But there was all these different fact checks. And, of course, to the person who's observing, they see these fact checks and they say, oh, well, they must be right then. They must be right. There's a fact check there. And here's the thing about the left. The left don't care care about facts, they don't care about knowledge. What they care about, what they're really big about is the appearance of knowledge, is the appearance of facts. 
they put up a facade of truth, a facade of, of facts, but it's not, it, it's not really. The moment you start drilling down, the moment you start uh, doing a forensic analysis of what these fact checkers are putting out there, it's all false. It's all false. These people are prolific liars and they have, uh, and they have an agenda. So what we witnessed on the 6th of January was the most, egreg was the most egregious display of lawlessness mm. in American history. The most egregious display of lawlessness in American history. In fact, I could almost even argue that it's the most egregious display of lawlessness in, in the world. When you think about the fact that 80 million, I would say, they say 75, I believe it's more than that because Dominion shaved off many, many, many votes. But 80 million plus Trump voters had their votes annulled. Okay, they had their votes discounted, completely tossed out um, because of the left. The, listen, leftism and lawlessness go, to, go together hand in hand. They don't believe that they're held accountable by higher power. Higher power is themselves. Okay, so they believe that they're only accountable unto themselves. They are a law unto themselves. So they, they can do whatever they want. Considering that they have the power of the media, they have the power of the fact checkers, that they have the power of um, the judiciary, that's the other thing that needs to be brought up, is that many of these um, uh, judges were completely bought and paid for by the left. And if I were to be more specific about that, it's either one of two sources. It's either, either money that's coming from George Soros' Open Society Foundation, or it's actually coming from China. Hmm. So either one of those two, in fact, there are many, I mean, for crying out loud, just to give you an idea of just how corrupt it is in America at the moment, you have Eric Swalwell, who weeks ago was busted for sleeping with a Chinese spy and he is, serves on the uh, Intel um, um, on the in, on the Intel Services Committee, and he's still not he hasn't been removed. Nothing has been done. Nothing has been done. So uh, Durham Durham, who AG Barr tapped to investigate um, the uh, Obama spying, nothing is going to come of that. Nothing will come of that. Nothing will come of, out of any of the in investigations in, in regard to the left. People need to understand that lawlessness is here and it's here to stay, unfortunately. However, let me say this. Lazarus was dead in the tomb for three days. In fact, Jesus waited outside of Bethany. He waited outside, okay? He could have gone in and, say, and saved Lazarus. He could have. He had the power to, but he didn't. But Lazarus was dead in the tomb for three days. And then Jesus came on the scene eventually. And uh, Martha came up and said, Rabbi, if you were here, you know, you could have saved him. You could have saved him. And then Jesus wept. You know, the famous passage where Jesus wept, the, the shortest verse in the Bible. Um, and then he said, Lazarus, roll away the stone, Lazarus, come forth. And he came out in his grave clothes. So is it possible that, uh, that Trump could still be president? Of course. 
God is a God of miracles. If it happens, it will have to be God. Yes. It will have to be God. Amen. And only God has mm-hmm. the power to do that. He, only he has the power to do that. And so if he can raise Lazarus from the dead that was dead for three days, I mean, he can reinstall Donald Trump back into office. He can do that. He has the power to do that. God is the God who sets kings up and he brings kings down. So ultimately, we can trust him and know that he has got everything in his hands and that we can be completely um, at peace knowing that, um, that he is the God of the universe and we don't have to have anything to worry about. At the same time, I believe that judgment is coming to the church. Uh, God doesn't turn this around. If God doesn't turn around, if Biden stays present, I believe that judgment will come. Judgment will come to America and it will begin with the church, as it always does. Whenever judgment comes upon a nation, it always, you know, judgment begins with the house of God. And so I believe that there will be persecution for the church. There will be persecution uh, for his people. I mean, I begin to notice some of the most incredible things on Twitter at the moment. Um, I saw, let me just read one of my, my, I just retweeted this. Let me read this to you. This person says, a very talented friend of mine who interned with a Republican leader, uh, who interned, sorry, with um, Mitch McConnell, actually, and at, uh, and at 20 was one of the highest ranked staffers in the Trump campaign, was just fired from his new job when the client found out he worked for Trump. He, he now can't afford rent. Still think cancel culture isn't that serious, he says. Mm, mm. Wow. Right. Incredible. It is incredible. Well, you give a good analysis of what you see happening. And I said the same thing yesterday, and I'll say it again, that it's Micah chapter 3. It's a judgment in the church where God is going to cleanse his church from a philosophy that it's adopted that really wasn't the gospel. And it was the prosperity gospel that was being preached while a nation was blaspheming God Almighty for 60 years. And the church must be cleansed because God loves the church, and he's more interested in the church than he is in American politics. However, let's just talk for just a moment, bar that amazing miracle that would happen with Donald J. Trump, President Trump, standing up and declaring the Insurrection Act or martial law, maintaining his position of power, rightfully so, saying to the courts, you're going to listen to this case. Nothing's going to happen until you listen to this case. And all the fraudulent activity that you just talked about and others have is heard and looked at and want to see the hard evidence. And then the arrests get made and all that good stuff. Okay. If God does that, hallelujah, praise the Lord and pass the ammunition. We're good with that. But uh, Daniel, if he doesn't, if Joe Biden comes to power, on January 20th, and he has sworn in, inaugurated as the president of the United States, knowing half these 80 million people you talked about, knowing it was a rigged election, knowing it was fraudulent. What do you see happening? Where does this, you know, uh, expand in your understanding what goes on in this country at that point? Well, I, I believe that, in fact, if you remember last time we chatted, I think it might have been two or three weeks ago, the last time we talked. But um, I was saying that if Trump gets back into power, it will be the final reprieve. It will be the final warning. It will be the final, okay, this is your last 
chance. But I said that if Biden didn't, if Trump didn't get in, then God will ultimately be handing the nation over. He will be handing the nation over. I mean, the fact that the thing is, is that if if, if you are an American patriot and you did all your best to ensure that Trump would would get in, you did all your best to ensure that Biden would stay out. Then when the persecution comes and you can comfort yourself knowing that you fought and you fought hard and you can, you can be endure persecution with great honor knowing that. However, I can't say the same for those. And it, it breaks my heart to say this, but there are even other ministry kind of colleagues of mine who were actively working against Trump actively and saying that, you know, you should not fight for your nation because the nation is destined to burn. I just think that's ridiculous. I just think that these people, I mean, how do you think people would think of a, if you're in prison and, and you see a man come into prison who actively worked uh, um, to ensure that the Nazis would get into power, (laughs) uh, you know, what, 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 what would your opinion be? What would your opinion be? I mean, this person that with what they had done is completely dishonorable, completely dishonorable. Um, now, uh, these people, what they were doing, if they were in Nazi Germany in the 1930s, what these people are effectively doing is trying to demonize people like Dietrich Bonhoeffer, right? You know, Dietrich Bonhoeffer. Sure. Dietrich Bonhoeffer was one of the, 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 the most um, vocal church leaders that was standing against Nazism. He was. He fought. He fought against Nazism with every ounce of strength that he had. He do. He did everything he possibly could to prevent Nazism from getting into power. Trying to wake the church up. Trying to wake them up from their slumber. But inevitably, Nazism came into power, and unfortunately, um, Dietrich Bonhoeffer eventually had to pay for it with his life. Um, it's a really, really sad thing, but that is the that is that is that's a, just the way that it goes. Now, I want to read you an excerpt from a book. This book is actually uh, written by Ian Kershaw, and it's a, a biography on Hitler. Listen to what he wrote about the church. This is very interesting. He says the radicalization encountered no opposition of any weight. Ordinary people who expressed their anger, sorrow, distaste, or shame at what had happened were powerless. Those who might have articulated such feelings, such as the leaders of the Christian churches, among whose precepts was love thy neighbor as thyself, kept quiet. Neither major denomination, Protestant or Catholic, raised an official protest or even backing for those courageous individual pastors and priests who did speak out. Wow. Incredible. Hmm. Absolutely incredible. Yeah. Uh, it just goes to show like the silence of the church, the silence of the church. God help us if we don't speak up. God help us if we don't speak up. Now I want to read you another uh, quote. And this quote is on, uh, see if I can find this thing. Uh, one moment. So this quote here was actually from Thomas Jefferson. 
And he says this. He says this. Actually, no, I don't have it. It didn't save for some reason. Oh, yes, I do have it. I actually do have it here. Let me read it here. Thomas Jefferson said, freedom is lost gradually from an uninterested, uninformed, and uninvolved people. Mm. Mm. Let me read that again. Mm. Freedom is lost gradually from an uninterested, uninformed, and uninvolved people. Boy, that just really, really, really just sums it up to a T. Yeah, they knew something. No doubt about it. The founding fathers knew a lot about how yeah. things would be and what a lethargic generation we've become. I want to do something just for the, the sake of time that we have, if I may. Um, you know, I, we, we have been saturated for the last several weeks in this election and the eyes of the world are watching what is going on in the United States of America right now. But something uh, in my, in my, my, my belly is, is needing to know something. And I don't know of a better person to talk to than you about it, but what is Israel doing right now? What is going on in the middle East? Um, You know, and I want to just shift from this American centric uh, thing that's going on. It is important. There's no doubt about it, but, where does Israel fit into this moment and what's happening in Israel right now, Daniel? Israel at the moment is extremely concerned. <laughs> I would imagine so. Really, really concerned. Um, they, you know, um, I'm not sure if you actually heard the take by, I think it was uh, Friedman. Friedman, what's the name of the ambassador, the U.S. ambassador? To, to Israel. I don't know. He's, I think, yeah, his name's Friedman okay. or something. But anyway, he basically said that a Biden-Harris administration would be absolute disaster. He said uh, for, for the Middle East. He said a Biden-Harris administration would be an absolute disaster for the Middle East. So, uh, and I, I absolutely concur with what he said. I believe it's absolutely on the money. I think um, Harris-Biden getting in would be the worst thing that could ever possibly happen because Iran will be emboldened. Uh, we know that, um, that Biden will most prob- probably re-enter, re-enter the, um, the Iran deal once again. David Friedman, his name was. In fact, I'll read it here. It says, uh, Biden and Harris have said that if they are elected, they will renew the Iran nuclear agreement. What impact would that have on Israel in the region? And Ambassador David Friedman replies, it would be a disaster. There you go. Um, we, people need to understand that Donald Trump was the greatest bulwark against the rise of China and the rise of Iran. He held them to account. He held them in check. In fact, Trump had his foot on the neck of China and on the neck of Iran. Now that Biden is in, oh my gosh. I mean, the fact that Biden made millions of dollars off the Chinese Communist Party. He was enriched through the Chinese Communist Party. He was the one, Biden actually in referring to China. He said, they're not bad folks, folks. So, 
uh, not only did he get rich from China, but he got rich off the U- Ukraine, the Burisma um, um, gas and oil company in, in Ukraine, and he also got rich through a Russian oligarch. He was dealing with the Russians and got rich of the Russians. <laughs> Look, just think about what has just transpired over the past two months. The fact that, uh, three months, I should say, the fact that America, that the most excellent president that has ever existed since, I believe, Lincoln, when you consider everything that has been thrown at Trump, everything that Trump has had to deal with, the fact that he tried and fought to build the economy while everyone was against him and every, everyone was throwing anything at him, and he still was able to develop an incredible economy. I mean, the GDP was, at the height of the economy under Trump, was 4.3%, which is massive. Now, Barack Obama mocked Trump and said, because uh, Trump said he was going to get the GDP up to 4%, and Obama said, how are you going to do that? What magic wand do you have? Right? Yet Trump got the GDP up to 4.3%, record low unemployment, record low unemployment for even minority groups such as Hispanics and blacks. That's why record numbers of blacks and Hispanics voted for him. But uh, see, just think over the past three months, Trump has been removed, who is one of the greatest presidents ever, and in its place, the most, one of the most corrupt politicians ever. Biden is the head of a crime family. Him and his brother, Jim, and his son, Hunter, and Tony Bobolinsky, who, who worked for them, that was a crime syndicate. They were money laundering millions and millions of dollars from other nations, from communist China, Ukraine, and the Russian oligarch. They made an absolute fortune, absolute fortune. And this person, this very person, who actually did what Trump was impeached for previously, who actually, who actually did this, has been installed as president, as president. Think about that. Think about what, what he has done over – I mean, he spent how many years? 47 years in politics, and what has he done? Mm. Well, he, he uh, had a go at Justice Thomas Clarence with his uh, nomination. In fact, he, he put Thomas, Justice Thomas Clarence through absolute hell leading up to his nomination – and he also had to go at Prime Minister uh, Menachem Begin, um, the Israeli Prime Minister, and tried to cut off aid to Israel. So keep in mind that Biden is going to be an absolute nightmare for Israel. Israel would be very, very, very concerned right now, as Australia is. Australia is extremely concerned because we know, we know that Biden is not going to, going to uh, protect us. We knew Trump would protect us. We knew Trump would defend us, but Biden will not. We know that now. And uh, it's like, like, like we talked before, Vincent. You know how we talked before? We talked about Second Thessalonians chapter 2 and talked mm-hmm. about the restrainer. Yes. And I said that the restrainer could be one of the, either two things. The restrainer could actually be America itself, because if you remove America, uh, absolute chaos would would come upon the earth. In fact, let me let me read what uh, Daniel 
who, where is it? Daniel Webster said, Daniel Webster said this. He's a founding father. He said, hold on, my friends, to the Constitution and to the republic for which it stands. Miracles do not cluster, and what has happened once in 6,000 years may not happen again. Hold on to the Constitution, for if the American Constitution should fail, there will be anarchy throughout the world. Mm. Mm. There will be anarchy throughout the world. Karl Marx also said, Wipe North America from the map of the world and you will have anarchy, the complete decay of modern commerce and civilization. So I believe that there is a very strong case to be made that you remove America and we all go down. Ronald Reagan was right. He said, if we lose our freedom here, there is no other place to escape to. This is the last stand on earth. So I believe that the America itself could be the restrainer. Or it could be Trump himself. It could be Trump. But I don't, I don't think so. I tend to lean towards more America being the restrainer. Now, before you think, oh, hang on a minute, that doesn't, you know, um, a country can't be the restrainer or a nation can't be the restrainer. Well, you should consider what the patristic church fathers, like the early, early church fathers understood the interpretation of the restrainer to be. So the early church fathers, uh, this is in the first, second and third century, these guys, uh, right up to the Council of Nicaea, these guys actually believed that the restrainer was the dissolution of the Roman Empire. They believed that when the Roman Empire was dissolved, then the Antichrist would rise out of that. So they believed that there was a stabilizing empirical, uh, sorry, um, stabilizing force, which was the Roman Empire. And that's what, what we know as Pax Romana, Roman peace. Okay, because there was peace in the world at that time because of the Roman Empire. And they believed that when that Roman Empire collapsed, anarchy would spring up and the men of lawlessness would be revealed. So I believe in the same logic. I believe that if the early fathers could believe that, and by the way, the Roman Empire was only regional. It did not encompass the whole world like the influence of, of America does today. If America were to go down, the entire world would, would um, feel the impact of that. Mm. The entire world would feel the impact of that. Amen. So... Uh, my thoughts. Well, those are good thoughts. And uh, there's some good comments going on as well. So in that, in that setting, in that conversation, Jesus, and I'm standing on his words, like you are, Daniel, like all of our listeners are. He, I mean, he made a very profound statement and he did it more than once when he said that a house divided cannot stand. A nation divided against itself cannot stand. So what it looks like when you look through that biblical lens, when you view the world or this nation uh, through the words of Christ, then it's very clear that this nation is absolutely split right down the middle. So the inevitability yeah. is its utter collapse, which would remove it out of the way for total anarchy and disobedience, as you said, to come about, which would be uh, fostered in a new world order or the Luciferian one world government, i.e. the greatest tribulation to ever hit the face of the earth. And I don't think the church is really um, prepared 
for this acceleration of demonic activity and how did you know a, a nation like Rome fell you know America fell a long time ago in its moral condition right we know that it fell in its spiritual condition it gave up the spirituality of a of the gospel of Jesus Christ and the kingdom of heaven and gave place to new age and metaphysics and all these different uh, philosophies that came in and now comes the physical fall of the nation and this is the collapse that's at the door right now and when that happens the the fall will be heard around the world nations will be shaken and out of the ashes of this great fall will rise a global one world government do you see it any other way i know that's a very simple view but your thoughts um no i i do see it, i do see it that way i i do see it although i should say that um that that America will still stay a leader. America will still... How, let me unpack this. How, how can I explain this? I believe America will fall, and America is falling right now, but I believe that there is a implosion as well as a um, spectacular Explosion. final... Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Yeah, so we're witnessing the decay right now. We're witnessing all of the different um, checks and balances being removed. I mean, when you now that the, the, the America has the presidency, the House, and the Senate, when you look at what they're trying to pass now, it's just incredible. They're trying to purge all Republicans who who believe that there was voter fraud, and who tried to take a stand, who tried to stand up um, to to voter fraud, and to um, they're trying to purge them. Yeah. It's just extraordinary. And now they're trying to do away with the Electoral College. That was one of the um, um, things that Congress brought up. They want to just remove the Electoral College. To... They're not hiding it anymore, what the Democrats want to do. These people are communists. These people are American communists. And they, are, they want to completely transform America into a communist dystopia. So, yeah, I believe that America will... I still do believe that America, I mean, think of America's founding. America's founding was the fact that she was founded on Christianity. When you look at the founding documents, when you look at the Constitution, when you look at the Bill of Rights, and you look at the Declaration of Independence, Christianity is in and through all those founding documents. So when you consider that, um, and when you consider that, when you look at Revelation 17, you see this harlot that is overweening with pride, completely inebriated, completely controls the world or has controlled the world. Jeremiah chapter 50 or 51 actually says that, refers to this daughter of, of Babylon as the hammer of the whole earth. Okay. So is America the hammer of the whole earth? You bet they are. Okay. They knew the truth, but they prostituted themselves. I believe that we will see America become more and more, the identity of America becoming more and more like this biblical prostitute that we see in Revelation 17. Um, And be not surprised, by the way, if Joe Biden is removed Hmm. and Carmilla Harris becomes president. And yeah. how did she how did she get to where she is now? 
without being crass, mm -hmm. she basically sl slapped her way to the top. True. She prostituted herself to get to where she is now. So it would only be fitting, it would be fitting if Camilla Harris was president while America is in this corrupt, utter corrupt place and then the judgment of fire that we read in Revelation would be able to, would come upon her. So it says that the beast will hate the prostitute, would eat her flesh and burn her with fire. The, 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 the beast will hate the prostitute, bring her to her ruin, eat her flesh and burn her with fire. So I believe that that would be the final judgment in which we will see complete destruction come. Interestingly, when you read in Jeremiah 50 and 51, it says that Babylon's walls will be ablaze. The Babylon's walls will be set ablaze. Now, that didn't happen when the Persians sacked Babylon. Okay? But it will happen to the daughter of Babylon. Hmm. What is very distinctive of Trump's presidency the fact that he built the wall and it says that Babylon's walls will be set ablaze. I think it's, there's a lot of really interesting things when you read and you have to read Jeremiah 50 and 51 and also read Isaiah 13 and 14 mm -hmm. and line it all up, line it all up with Revelation 17 and 18. I think it all comes together. By the way, Amer no other nation has emerged on the face of the earth that has been as powerful and as influential as the United States. No other nation comes even close. So I think it would make a lot of sense to consider it in that way. That said, there is a beast that is still yet to be revealed. America itself is not the America is not the beast, but the beast hates America, and the beast wants to bring America to her ruin and burn her on fire. This is the beast that will dominate the world, that will reveal itself to the world, and the world will worship the beast. And um, if you want to be able to buy or sell, then you will have to take the mark. You have to take the mark of the beast, as Revelation 13 says. And that will be the time of great trouble and great testing for, for the Lord's people. And I believe that the Lord is, is waking people up. I believe that the time that we're living in now if the, the spirit could speak out to his churches right now, it would be to prepare. It would be to prepare for what's coming because um, times are really speeding up. Amen. So the acceleration is here, no doubt about it. Um, okay. So the final question then, and where we need to navigate, we're talking about wise virgins that have oil in their lamps because the darkness is coming. The time when no man will be able to work. We have been told yep. for years that we should work while there's light. We should prepare. We should get our victuals ready. Uh, we should find our getaway places. We see 50 state capital protests, armed protests, are planned for January 20th in the United States. Where that's all going to go, Washington, D.C. right now is gated up. Uh, we saw some good video about the, you know, the gates that are up throughout the entire city. Uh, people are absolutely amazed at how shut down National Guard troops are there. And, um, you know, this is looking like the next few days in our country that the fireworks are really going to go. 
And it's not just going to happen in Washington, D.C. And uh, the revolutionary tone is here. So we're getting ready for that. So then how do God's people in Australia, in the United States of America, in Israel and around the world, how do God's people genuinely, spiritually, intrinsically and physically, emotionally, mentally, solically really finalize their preparations to stand in the gap at this time? Well, I think with everything that we've been seeing, it should wake everybody up. Um, uh, people need to start seeking the Lord. It all begins with seeking the Lord. Seek the Lord. Seek his face. Worship him. Spend time with him. Spend time with him in prayer. Make the Lord the absolute priority of your life and listen to his voice. And I believe that we're also entering a time where we need to be practical what's coming. We need to um, look at ways and how we will be able to weather a storm if it comes. Um, I need to be careful when I start talking like this because outsiders would interpret what I'm saying as quackery, as absolute mm-hmm. nonsense. You know, he's one of those um, crazy tinfoil hat preppers. But I believe that there is a lot of wisdom in taking practical steps for you and for your family. Just practical things by maybe building a vegetable garden out in, in your backyard. Uh, ensuring that you have adequate water supplies, ensuring that you have uh, that you can still cook if you lose power or whatever. I believe there's a lot of wisdom in this. Even if nothing happens, even if nothing happens, then at least you know you still got some great benefits from doing this. Mm-hmm. So um, I believe that people need to be wise. People need to wise up and start to really start planning for the future. You cannot rely upon. If see, here's the thing: when America goes down. I do believe that what Daniel Webster says was correct. I do believe that if America goes down, that anarchy will go throughout the earth. So we do need to prepare. Interesting that you should mention, Vincent, about the so-called armed protests. I think there's something very, very fishy, very, very fishy about that. Um, From what I have been seeing, um, many, many conservatives conservative leaders are saying, stay away. Don't go anywhere near those armed protests, those protests. Keep, stay home, don't go there. Um, because, And there are a number of other ones, uh, even Jim Hofter, I believe, from the Gateway Pundit, is saying that this is a, this is a trap, um, that the left are actually planning on actually, um, well, basically doing with what they did with the rights on the Capitol. So shifting the blame from those anti-fear activists um, that instigated that, along with very, very fired up, foolish Trump supporters, and there's no question about that. But what they're going to do is that they're going to use this so-called, I hate saying this because, again, it makes me sound like a conspiracy theorist, false flag event. They're going to use this to then go after and destroy the Second Amendment. So they need the if they if the left is going to ultimately prevail, then they have to destroy the Second Amendment. They have to disarm the um, they have to disarm the constitutional adhering Americans. So that's where I believe it could it could lead. Now nothing could happen. Nothing could happen. There could be no protests. Everything goes forward without a hitch. But I have this check in my spirit that there's something very fishy about it. 
And knowing how brazen the media are, knowing how brazen the media are and the talking heads, they could twist this to turn it into a weapon against conservatives and use it to disarm um, Americans. Amen. And so we have in this country, as you know, a declaration of independence. And the question you have to ask yourself is if you're an American citizen and you are bound to a constitution and you have a declaration of independence that was given to us from our founding fathers, and you realize that your government is corrupt, your government is lying, stealing, cheating, your government is now calling the American people that stood in solidarity with their, pre- their president domestic terrorists. They have called us maggots. They have called us deplorables. They said yep. that we were not fit for polite society. So when your government turns on the people after they've cheated and corrupted and for nine months, they burned down our cities, they defecated, they urinated, they shot, they killed, they burned, they looted, they stole for nine months. And then you see these wicked people on the left calling the, the, the gentle, you know, and a few hundred people out of a million that may have got involved and over encouraged with Antifa going into the Capitol building the worst day. When you see that level of corruption, now you know the declaration is talking to you. The American citizenry, we the people of the United States of America, it is your due responsibility, it is your responsibility as an American citizen to rise up and unshackle yourself lest you go into bondage to such government that you would have to go across the sea again and fight another revolution. Well, there are no seas to cross. This is the last stand. And if the people of this country, the 80 million, do not rise up, unshackle themselves, and bring in new guards, Daniel, that means that the the, the entire experiment has come to its end. It has failed because the people decided to be put to sleep with fairy tales pre-tribulational rapture, mm-hmm. once saved, always saved, don't get involved, you know, you know, don't stand up, just go out of the way. This is a critical moment in the history of our nation, and we do need Holy Spirit instruction. Was that Declaration of Independence and Constitution inspired by the Holy Spirit for a moral, Christian, religious society or not? Yeah, well... Uh- I would actually I would actually respond with the with Benjamin Franklin. So Mrs. Powell of Philadelphia asked Benjamin Franklin after they they signed on to the the constitution. And he says, "Well, doctor, what have we got? A republican or a monarchy?" And with no hesitation, Franklin responded, "A republic if you can keep it." He said, we have a republic if you can keep it. Um, And I do believe that, as I said before, God has the power to raise the dead. God raised Lazarus three days while he was dead in the tomb. If God is going to reinstate Trump for a second term, he can do it. There's no question. Okay. In fact, anything can happen. Anything can happen. True. So God, God, 
if God wants to turn it over, he can do that. He can do that. But I have this feeling in my spirit that the time for judgment is coming. Uh, and the, God's patience, if you could imagine that the hourglass, that the sands have run out and the time has come for judgment to begin with the house of God. I believe Christians will experience persecution. I believe that Christians need to prepare to ex- to need to um, the freedoms that many Americans have enjoyed for the past 300 years, I believe will no longer be there. Um, now I don't mean to sound like a wet blanket, but the, the reality is we, we have to understand the timing of this. America cannot be a superpower forever. And as we read in Jeremiah chapter 30, God says to Israel, Israel, where are your allies? They are no more. So there is coming a time when even Israel's allies will be gone. This is what it says in Jeremiah 30 verse 12. This is what the Lord says. Your wound is incurable, your injury beyond healing. There is no one to plead your cause, no remedy for your soul and no healing for you. He's saying this to Israel. Then he says this, all your allies have forgotten you. They care nothing for you. I have struck you as an enemy would and punished you as would the cruel because your guilt is so great and your sins are so many. So I believe that the time will come and Israel will no longer have any allies, including America. Uh, but this is all part of, the, of the, the story. This is all part of God's narrative for the end of the age. And this is why we need to encourage one another uh, and understand that even though we are witnessing the fading of the glory of America, there is going to be a short, dark time, but then there will be the glorification of the kingdom of Jesus when he comes and he reigns on the earth for a thousand years. And let me tell you, the glory of the kingdom of Jesus on the earth will make the glory of America look like a little speck. Amen. The, the glory of the kingdom of Jesus. And that's what we always, that's what we need to remind ourselves. Attitude do we need to have leading up to what we're experiencing? Well, we need to have the same attitude of Habakkuk. When he was resigned to the fact that God had determined that the Babylonians were coming and there's nothing he could do about it. God had decreed that he was raising up the Babylonians and that they were going to invade the land. Habakkuk could have protested and said, no, Lord, please, you know, and he did protest, but then he was resigned to the fact that God was not going to change his mind. And what did he say? Habakkuk said, though the fig tree does not bud and there are no grapes on the vines, though the olive crop fails and the fields produce no food, though there are no sheep in the pen and no cattle in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. And I will be joyful in God, my Savior. Amen. The sovereign Lord is my strength, and he makes my feet like the feet of a deer. He enables me to go on to the heights. Hallelujah. Glory to God. (laughs) Amen. Amen. That is a glory to God. That's a great way to leave it. So in other words, stay in the joy of the Lord. Stay in your focus. But there's also this question that King David, when he was a little shepherd boy, had asked when there was a great Goliath in the valley, is there not a cause? 
And I think a lot of people, you know, after 60 years of a nation that has basically blasphemed the holy name of Jesus through Hollywood every day on television, who has slaughtered 90 million innocent babies' blood in the womb, who has promoted homosexuality, lesbianism, and every other ism there is, sexual perversely speaking, when corruption is running rampant, and I think some people are going back and say, well, what's the point of being involved right now? Let it be crushed. And others are saying, well, wait a second. We are the remnant of people that want to see God's divine justice prevail in this moment. We want to stand up and we want to fight against. Now, after allowing it to go on for so long, this is like a last stand. And it's interesting, the president was in Alamo, Texas today. You know, the Alamo was the last stand. You know, is this kind of a prophetic thing to us? What what do you think? It could. Look, many people have said to me, Dan, is is there any hope left? And I said, well, can Trump pull a rabbit out of his hat? Well, anything can happen in between now and the 20th. You know, Trump has still got an executive order up up his sleeve. Yeah, he may. Which is the foreign foreign interference in, in elections. Yes. You hope Daniel so. Radcliffe has has absolute proof that China, Iran, Pakistan, and a bunch of others did interfere in the elections, even in Italy. So he has ironclad proof that the um, there were foreign actors that were interfering in, in the, the American election. So why is Trump waiting out? Well, he could be waiting out for a number of different reasons. Um, you never know. He's got a very good poker face. Could something happen? Let's wait and see. Um, you never know. I mean, if he does pull a rabbit out of his hat, and uh, and before you know it, all that the corruption is exposed and the fraud is exposed, you know, I mean, that would be great relief, especially to the prophets that have actually said that um, that that Trump was going to get a second term. So uh, it could happen, but at the same time, and this is why we need to be careful with these these events and putting our thus says the Lord on the end of it, because we can get ourselves into trouble. Um, and I know that there are a bunch of men of God out there who did put a thus says the Lord on the end of that. And now they're they're um, they're copying a lot of heat from that. Mm. So uh, it could happen. But at the end of the day, if it doesn't happen, we need to prepare. The church Amen. needs to prepare. And um yeah, I, you know, it, it's interesting, Vincent, I was just thinking about Daniel 12, and you need to read Daniel 12, and it says, at that time, Michael, the great prince who protects your people will arise. There will be a time of distress. This is what Jesus was talking about, right? There will be a time of distress. Such has not happened from the beginning of nations until then. Jesus talked about this. Mm-hmm. There will be no other time like it. But at that time, your people, Everyone whose name is found written in the book will be delivered. Okay, that's interesting. And we know that we've talked previously um, about this. Two, it says, verse two says, multitudes who sleep in the dust will awake, some to everlasting life and others to shame and everlasting contempt. Three, those who are wise will shine like the brightness of the heavens and those who led many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. But you, Daniel, close up and seal the words of this scroll until the time of the end. That's what really a mystery is. When you see mystery, mysterio in the Greek, which means it it is um, basically sealed up until the appointed time and then it is revealed. It says that 
many will go here and there to increase knowledge. And boy, we're in that time right now. Mm-hmm. And then I, Daniel, looked, and there before me stood someone who stood standing on the bank of the river. One of them said to the man clothed in linen, who was above the waters of the river, how long will it be before these astonishing things are fulfilled? The man clothed in linen who was above the waters of the river lifted his right hand and his left hand toward heaven, and I heard him swear by him who lives forever, saying, it will be, listen to this, it will be for a time, times, and half a time. That's three and a half years. It's a great tribulation. When, when, when the power of the holy people has been finally broken. Hmm. Good. Good. All these things will be completed. Yeah. So Hmm. it is, again, let's look at the role of America. The role, America has been a global policeman. Why? Because of the power of the holy people operating within America. All of the legislators, the godly judges, the godly congressmen, the godly senators, these people are been holding back the the tidal wave of total, Marxist socialist totalitarianism. These people have been holding it back, but lawlessness, lawless. I mean, as I said at the very beginning, we witnessed the most egregious display of lawlessness in all of American history, in even world history, on the on the third of November, when eighty million Trump voters were their, their their vote was discounted and tossed away through fraud. So it says when will this happen? And the man clothed in linen who was above the waters of the river said it will be for three and a half years when the power of the holy people has been finally broken. So we are witnessing the godly the godly influence. We are witnessing godly restraint. Okay, we are witnessing the restraint that was there in place, but it's being removed. Lawlessness is overwhelming this. And I believe that um, we need to be watching very, very carefully what's going to transpire over the next days and weeks and months. Amen. Because I think we're going to be witnessing some very, very interesting events. Amen, Daniel. And, you know, that really uh, complements Revelation 13 that the beast will have power over the saints. He will overcome the saints for three and a half years. And what that really is saying is that the, uh, it'll be a church without influence in the world. The church will not yeah. be able to do anything, probably through censorship, probably through yeah. the destruction of the First Amendment, the Second Amendment. You're not allowed to speak out against anything evil yeah. or immoral because yeah. it's hate speech. So the church will become impotent. It'll have no influence. So all the influence that the church has left right now needs to be exercised in the salvation of souls, the proclamation of the gospel of Jesus Christ, and telling people what is happening in this world through a biblical lens. Hey, here's the book of Revelation. This is what's happening. This is the world you're living in. Wake up, right? Absolutely. As Jesus said, work while you have daylight. The night is coming when no man can work. Night is coming when no man can work. It's going to get that bad. I mean, they're already throwing people off airlines because they supported Trump. (laughs) Did you see those Trump supporters that were thrown off? I did. Yeah, it's already happening. I did. It's already happening. It's going to increase. Um, And so people need to start preparing because – 
don't let anyone tell you that you don't need to repair because we're all going to be going up and we're not going to be worrying, have to worry about anything. Ah, no, no, that is false. Here it comes. Here it comes. Jesus Daniel. is asking his bride to make herself ready. The time has come for the bride to make herself ready. That's good. That's right. Okay, very good. We have gone over a little bit. That's fine with me. I'll go ahead and address things. I want to replay this interview tomorrow. I'll put it on the air tomorrow, Daniel. Um, the, what, what, what more to say? But I think you and, and I and a lot of other people around the world are just waiting to see what's going to happen. Waiting to see. I like to yeah. be a bit more proactive. I want to go out. I want to pray. I want to walk the streets. I want to get involved some way. Uh, you know, I, I had a firm belief that on January 20th, 80 million people should have been going down to Washington, D.C. and declaring President Trump to be the president, like in First Kings chapter 1. But I'm just not so sure that the church is really aware, because most of them, Daniel, believe they're going to be out of here in a pre-trib rapture. Don't worry about any of this stuff. Not our responsibility. We have nothing to do with this. When, in fact, everything in Scripture says a totally different thing. And I don't think people are ready. 100%. That's a bummer. Absolutely. All right, my brother. Well, thank you for joining me once again. I appreciate it, as always. And if you ever get some you know, up-to-minute news, what's going on in Israel, the Middle East, at home, here, wherever, make sure you call me. We'll go back on the air again. And I uh, appreciate you being with us today all the way from Australia. What time is it there right now? Uh, it's quarter to four in the afternoon. Quarter to four in the afternoon. No wonder why you're all bushy and bright-eyed and, and energetic. I love it. Um, I've actually got my first Bible study oh, good. tonight. Oh, good. Since last year. So, And we're going to be having it outside because of the COVID uh, gathering limitations. Way to go. Are they, so, calling, are they calling you a pastor out there? Are you, are you Pastor Daniel? <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't go by pastor. I okay. <laughs> they haven't ordained you yet. All right. Well, listen, you're deeply loved. Stay encouraged. And thank you for sharing tonight. Any final word before we go? No, just look, just be, just be encouraged. You need to pinch yourself because you are living in the most exciting time in all Amen. of human history. I believe it. Be encouraged. Amen. God Amen. bless you, my brother. Shalom. Ladies and gentlemen, Daniel Seckham, all the way from Australia. It's been a good interview. We're going to continue to broadcast on Omega Radio 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And tomorrow, 9 a.m. Central Standard Time, we will replay this interview with Daniel Seckham. Thanks for joining. Those of you that join me on YouTube and Facebook, thank you for joining, tuning in. It's always good to hear from you and to listen to what you're saying. May God give you sweet sleep tonight. Great peace. And wake up tomorrow with a plan, a vision, direction, assignment from the Holy Spirit. Till we meet again, I'm Pastor Vince. We'll see you soon. God bless. Thanks for tuning in once again. Amen.